behalf of Pastor Becky and I, I mean, it is truly an honor. It is truly an honor to be in Loveland of all places around the world. There's no other place I'd rather be but right here in this moment of time with this microphone, getting the privilege and honor to speak to you. And, and um, we just love, 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 love this community and what God's doing. And um, just every week I come in, there's a tension because I'm like, it's awesome, God, you're moving. And if you weren't at pre-service prayer, you missed out. It was just like there was something powerful taking place in pre-service prayer. And, but there's just a, I'm spiritually agitated. I'm spiritually agitated because there's more. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a bridge that we're building, a lack of connection to, to the fullness of the manifestation of the supernatural. I, like there's a, there's a part of me that I'm happy and I'm thankful and I'll never, I'll never be, uh, you know, resentful or regret or, or but I'm, I'm just so passionate that it's just, I get here and I'm just like, God, I'm just agitated. I just want more. Do you want more this morning? And I pray that the hunger rises inside of you, no matter where you are in the walk with Jesus, no matter where you are, but uh, I know that God is building his temple, you, me, the community, the body of Christ. And it's, a, it's an incredibly uh, exciting season that we're moving into. And um, you may not see it yet. You may not feel it. You may uh, you not, have not seen the, the uh, absolute explosion of answered prayer in your life, but man, get ready. I just really feel like there's, there's, a, there's a, a plowing ground that we need to do. And so in order to plow ground, get your praise on. Get your praise on. Stop complaining about what hasn't happened and start praising God for what's about to happen. Start praising God that you will find your future spouse. Start praising God that you will find that promotion to work. Start praising God that that open door is going to fling wide open. Start praising God with what he's already purchased at the cross. Amen. Come on. We're in a series called Builders of His House. And before I go into that, um, how awesome was the women's Bible study this last week on Wednesday? If you haven't got there, really there was over 80 women in the morning and over 100 at night or something crazy like that. Um, but uh, if you haven't got there, let's lock and load. Let's get into the word and uh, some women. But then also at the end of this month, the last Friday of this month, there's a men's gathering. All the men say amen. There's a men's gathering and it's time to be together. It's time to unify. It's time to uh, march to the same beat, the beat of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, we're just excited. So builders of his house, we're in this theme. Uh, over, the next, over the next two weeks, and then uh, we'll step into something new in October. But today, I, I really wanted to come around uh, Romans 12.2. So turn with me to the Amplified Version of Romans 12.2. And uh, there's just something powerful that I, I will, well, this is a daily scripture you, you need to go to. This is a daily scripture because God's bullseye every day is a renewed mind. Every day he wants you to walk in another measure of the supernatural, another measure of heaven on earth. And so Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified says this, and do not be conformed to the, this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So if you're taking notes, I know a lot of people like the title, but uh, I want to talk from the, the thought of transforming your mind to see supernaturally. 
transforming your mind to see supernaturally. So Lord, we just honor you once again in your word. Father, let us never be flippant with your word. Let us ever uphold your word as the absolute truth. That what is spoken from your word, God, when spoken in its entirety, has the ability to set us free. And so we receive your freedom from the word before it's even spoken in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said. And everybody said. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. I remember when I first went to Australia. If you have been to Australia, you understand uh, there's a few cultural differences between here in America and in Australia. In Australia, one of the cultural differences is they drive on the wrong side of the road. I don't understand what's going on. Their cars are a lot smaller. They call their pickup trucks utes. I don't get it. It's very, it's just, a, it's another culture. They, the way they talk is just on a, on a different way. They make up words. So sunglasses are sunnies. Swim shorts are boardies. Uh, they don't say what's up. They say, how you going, mates? And the women say, oh, no worries, love. They, everybody's called love. Everybody's love. I don't understand it. Uh, I remember uh, walking into the first store and, and seeing someone walk into the store a, 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 you know, in downtown with no shirt and no uh, shoes. I'm like, this must be an Australian culture. Very different, very diverse. My son goes, yeah, actually, everybody in Australia dresses like a worship leader. And I thought about it, it's so true. It's so true, there's so many cultural differences and these multiple differences in the culture, you have to experience it for yourself, whether in Australia, whether in South Africa, where any part of the different part of the world, you have to experience that culture in other, another, in other words, in, in order to taste and see and define and describe and begin to live out that culture, amen? So Christianity is the same way. And when Jesus asked us to pray our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wanted us to be on a journey, not just of natural uh, uh, taste, smell, sight, to hear, to touch, but he wanted us to be on a journey. We restart to unpack and begin to manifest this invisible realm called the supernatural. He wanted us to be in a place where we, we begin to understand how to navigate this realm into this realm and begin to establish what God wants to do. Today, there's a God wants to heighten and bring a, a big a bit of a clarity to your supernatural lens in the, this, this revolutionary approach to Christian living, this way that God has designed us to live. In John 3, 10, 13, Jesus kind of breaks something down. He says this, Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel? And do you not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. So let us push the brakes a little bit here. Jesus is speaking of the son of man has ascended. He is speaking of a different perspective, but Jesus hasn't died yet. Jesus hasn't rose again yet, but he is speaking to everybody in the flesh as a 
man on the earth just like you and I. Why? Because he wants to illustrate to us how to live from a heavenly place towards the earth. How to live from an, an ascended perspective, an ascended lifestyle that I'm not here to live in an inferior uh, mindset, an inferior perspective, but from heaven to earth, I'm I'm to establish a superior, come on, a superior way of living. That you and I have the ability to daily be transformed in this perspective, to usher in uh, uh, where we abide. We abide, if we abide in this dwelling place, Jesus abided from this ascended perspective. It's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of Christ that the church has to be built upon. Not the mind of the president, not the mind of the politicians, the mind of Christ that you and I have access to every single moment of every single day, whether the Holy Spirit or the word of God. You and I have to build this house, this temple, this community upon the mind of Christ, that ascended perspective. Everybody say ascended. Perspective. His perspective. And we cannot, and we are unwilling to collaborate with anything else that's inferior. We cannot. In heaven, I, 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 I struggled with a poverty mindset growing up. I just did, uh, just with, with family and lifestyle and how everything happened. And I, I, God had to do a deep, deep work that took years of transforming and renewing my mind and coming to this place and realizing. And I just remember when the Holy Spirit said, Aaron, what, what are the streets paved with in heaven? They're paved with golds. What are the streets paved with in heaven? They're paved with gold. And see, when Jesus was brought the, the, the bread and the fish, he wasn't worried about what was taking place in that moment because he had an ascended perspective. He had a perspective that he says, he says wait, 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 don't you perceive? Don't you understand? Stop looking at life from earth to heaven. Stop having an inferior perspective on anything that comes about because I am the God of more than enough. The church has to get off of automatic pilots. The church has to get out of shifting gears of this earthly, carnal mentality. I'm telling you, conservative, seeker-friendly churches are producing carnal Christians. They're good for a season, but man, Christians need to mature. Christians need to deepen. Christians need to come into a place of having a heavenly perspective and appetite. How is your appetite for the supernatural? How is your appetite for the supernatural? Is it growing? Is it increasing? Is it bubbling over? When you wake up every single morning on the day, are you getting on your knees complaining? Are you getting on your knees praising the God of all the majestic universe and what he has at our disposal. It's a revolutionary approach. It's, it's not just experiencing victories, it's experiencing astonishing victories. It's not just overcoming, it's overcoming overwhelming odds. It's seeing the, 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 the creative radical display of heaven on earth when Jesus takes a bit of mud, spits in it, puts it in a man's eyes and his eyes open. I love how Jesus just challenged every single one of our mindsets and he displayed, he didn't just teach, he demonstrated the reality, this kingdom reality of what actually can take place. 
Every single one of us have a desire to see these oh-so-called impossibilities bow, bow at the feet of Jesus, bow at the, at the, uh, the ushering in of the name of Jesus. We desire to see God do incredible things in our homes, in our families, to see what is available in heaven, joy, peace, wholeness, goodness, restoration, forgiveness, mercy, love, kindness, the, 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 the blessing of God just flourishing in our lives. And, and God's saying, come on, we've got to put our foot down to what is not allowed in heaven is sickness, disease, sin, uh, spiritual bondage. A demonization. I'm telling you, God wants us to put our foot down, period, not to allow it. This, this, this ascended perspective doesn't allow those things in our lives. Amen? So God wants to redefine, not redefine your experience, but he wants to redefine what God's idea of Christianity is. And it's in the scripture. And the will of God is so beautiful and it's so clear. It's not, Jesus didn't keep it a secret. This will of God is right in front of our face. It's not unknown. It's un, not unknowable. It's not fuzzy. It's like not what God are you doing? No, it's on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That he looks at this rebel torn up world that is savaged by sin. And he goes, you know what? I want to release my sons and my daughters who carry the resurrection power of God. To invade the, the devil's tactics and ways to come and usher in the freedom of God. And what happens when we make this our mission? I mean, lives are set free. Bodies are restored. Darkness is released from people's minds. The the rule of the enemy is pushed back in every way imaginable. Businesses grow healthy. Relationships flower again. People reconnect with their calling and purposes. Churches grow. And cities, cities feel the effect of the kingdom of God advancing in their region. We have to be believers. Man, can we be the crazy people? Can we be the crazy church? I love when I hear that we're the crazy church. I'd, I would rather be radically called crazy than be safe, than, than not risk, not believe. Because if my Bible says those signs follow those who believe, we are going to be a believing church. But it has to be, it has to be from, from us yielding our minds to his transformational power to yielding our hearts, to yielding and, and submitting our flesh, that kickback, that, that, that pride, the, the sin, the, 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 the want of, of, of spotlight, the want of uh, I need and, and submitting and yielding and surrendering and coming to the place. And the first thing that we have to surrender to, write this down, is we need to return to our primary mission. Genesis 1.28 says this, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Adam and Eve, I want you to extend. I want you to extend the boundaries of heaven under my government, under my rulership. I want you to extend. I want you to take territory. I want you to have dominion. I want you to subdue. I want you to multiply. I want you to have what I have designed you to have. I want my presence to engulf this planet in my glorious rule and reign. I want to be established. And God, this is breathtaking picture of what God wants us to return back to. 
this primary mission of our lives. Yes, we can be doctors, but be on your primary mission. Yes, we can be lawyers, but be on your primary mission. Yes, I can teach students, but be on a primary mission. This mission that Jesus commissioned the 12, the 70, the 72, the declaration of the great commission. Man, go heal the sick, preach the good news, demonstrate who I am and what I am like. Extend my kingdom. And I just love how precise these instructions are. We can't, we can't swim in the confused waters of what is the will of God. You can't. He is very precise. He's very strategic, he's very specific, and he desires for every single one of us to not get caught up in side arguments, not get caught up in intellectual skirmishes, not get caught up in theories, emotional head trips. We can't get uh, enamored with our own talents and our spiritual giftings, that I am amazing because the anointing of God is upon me. Aaron, if the anointing came off of you, you'd be absolutely nothing. But in order to see a church, a healthy, thriving church, a house that is built upon the mind of Christ, we, every single one of us, have to be plugged into this primary mission. This primary mission. So there is no commissioning unless there is a submissioning to the primary mission. There is no commissioning unless there is submission to the primary mission to what God has designed us to be. What is the primary mission? I love this. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What? That he may destroy the works of the devil. The message version, the Son of God entered the scene, to, entered the scene. When you go into your work tomorrow, you're gonna to enter the scene. When you go into the King Supers tomorrow, you're gonna to enter the scene. And what does the message verse say? The Son of God entered the scene, what? To abolish the devil's ways. Another version says to break up. Another version says to undo the works of the devil. See, this is the ascended perspective. This is the nature of our God. This is the manifested desire of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God in the flesh. He desires. His purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. I heard a story of these kids back in Australia, and there was a lady sick in the hospital, and she could barely speak anymore. She had arthritis. It was riddling her body. She was on her deathbed. Uh, she had uh, weeks to live, and they, they went into the hospital, and they brought an acoustic, and uh, they just started to worship God. Just started to, to glorify God. You are good, good, oh, yes, you are good. Just started worshiping God in the hospital. And all of a sudden, you know, after 30 minutes of worshiping, all of a sudden her body felt no pain. Her right ear that was deaf completely opened up. Because a group, a remnant of people decided to take the, this culture, what, what is already in heaven, and bring it to that hospital room and see an incomplete invasion upon darkness and sickness and, and opposing death. And this lady was set free, healed and saved, and now she's alive and living. When we do the will of God, we bring kingdom reality. It comes crashing down. It comes invading down. I mean, uh, just, a, a, just a practical little thing, but a, a, man, in our, a man in our church uh, just uh, might have to have uh, knee surgery and has torn ligaments in his uh, left knee. And we got down uh, just this last Sunday and we just, just simply prayed. 
God, we believe that this man is not going to have to have surgery. By your blood and by your stripes, he is healed. So he goes back down and sits down in the service, and I preach. And he comes up to me after the 12 p.m. service, and he goes, you're not going to believe it. You're, what? You're not going to believe it. I'm healed. He goes, he goes, for now, I'm healed. He goes, for now, for now. So I texted him Tuesday. I said, how's your knee? He goes, yeah, it's crazy. From a level of 10 pain, it's gone down to like two. And it's like, I, I only feel the pain when I'm walking on stairs. So it's not the fullness of the miracle, but that's not the point. We bring his ascended perspective into an environment that we say, God, anything is possible. We live from a place that, you know what? I've, I've chosen to live life in denial. Seriously, when I get sick, I'm in denial. I'm like, no way. Straight into a hot bath, straight into like just downing vitamin C, getting on my knees, praying to the Holy Spirit. That's the best thing for any cold is vitamin C and the Holy Spirit. Just letting you know. That is my theology of life. But I live in denial. I don't deny the devil's existence, but I live in denial of his influence. As for me and my house, we will walk in supernatural divine health. No matter what comes at me, no matter what circumstances, whether it goes good or bad, I will live in denial because I live from an ascended perspective. My mind's been renewed and is continually being renewed. This mind of Christ, come on, the reality is, is aren't you tired of talking about gospel power but never seeing it in action? Aren't you tired of trying to carry out this great commission without offer, the offering proof that the kingdom works? It's like, it's like a vacuum salesman and comes and knocks on the front of your door on a Saturday morning and you're like, what's up, what's going on? And, and you know, he's all happy and chirpy and he's got a couple of flyers in his hand. He's, he tells you about this most super incredible vacuum that's gonna change the, the cleaning uh, industry, all this stuff. And, and it's, it's now, uh, you know, 70% off and it's yours today if you buy it. And instead of showing you and giving you an example of what that vacuum does, he hands you a flyer and then walks away. When we tell people about Jesus, but we don't demonstrate him, we're cheating people of the power of the gospel. When we walk past sickness every single day, when we walk past those people that are suffering, we gotta realize that the kingdom of God is a present tense reality that can take place right now, right here. The results are a life transformed. The revealing of the nature of God, the very cornerstone that he is good, that we can rejoice in that. We can stand on that. We can believe in that. Our assignment is not what we can do for God. It's what he can do through us. And when we get that, when we understand that, when we're transformed, that God wants to use us. And I just want to honor Rod Davis because Rod, it meant Rod and Kim Davis surrender their lives daily from this ascended perspective. And he's letting everybody know on Facebook, I love it. I mean, I mean, these young adults walk into his business to get something for, you know, specifically that he gives them from their business. What does he do? He takes all of what is in heaven and brings it to that room. And all of a sudden, these kids are giving their lives to Jesus. They, I mean, he's seeing people saved and set free and healed in his store. This, this is the reality that we're to be living in. Don't compromise. Don't yield to an inferior reality. Don't give in to what circumstances are shouting. 
but allow God and the mind of Christ and the transformation that takes place from the renewal of our minds change your perspective. How do we do this? Number one is this, write, write this down. We train our minds by faith. We train our minds by faith. So I remember touring. And up to this point, I hadn't, I hadn't seen a crazy supernatural miracle. Up to this point, I hadn't seen the breakthrough that, you know, I read about. And we're in Africa, and we're at this large conference, and we led worship, and the only word that they understood of us singing was hallelujah, because that's an international word. And uh, uh, we, got, we got off the stage, and we went up to the green room, and we're watching what's taking place. And this uh, African pastor is ministering, and he's ministering in his own language, can't understand a word he says, but all of a sudden he says, he points to this lady in a wheelchair, gets her to come up front, a bunch of people gather around her, pray for her, he reaches out his hand, because that's why we say, test it, if we're praying for a right wrist, test it, because it's not only in the prayer, but it's in the exercising of faith, going, I believe, I'm going to test it, that this is the will of God to heal me. All right? And so all of a sudden they're praying for this, this girl and this girl, they reach out their hands and this girl grabs the hand and he pulls her up. Within minutes, this girl gets out of the wheelchair and she's dancing on the platform. She has been in the wheelchair for years, riddled with this disease, but now she's dancing on the platform. Because I was in an environment of exercised faith, all of a sudden, that person's faith was training my mind. Faith doesn't exist in the mind. It exists in the heart. Under the heart, a man believes under righteousness. But because I saw faith exercised, my mind now can never go back. And when I see someone in a wheelchair, I say, there is hope for you to get up and walk. Because I was in an environment of faith. That's why we want people to get up here and testify that God is good. And just a few weeks ago, Pastor Rick told me, I didn't even realize, but in October 2020, we prayed for 45 minutes in the 10 a.m. service for a girl to get out of, uh, take, uh, take a few steps in the wheelchair. What does she do? She eventually took seven steps that day in the wheelchair. She hadn't uh, taken steps for two years. We had, then she goes away. She, we, we don't see her for a while. Two weeks ago, Pastor Rick said she was up the front standing on her own two feet, with her hands lifted high, worshiping God. You've got to put yourself in, in environments that are trained by faith, that, that, that our minds are trained by the, maybe someone else that, that has a, a greater faith, a boldness to step out and, and pray for someone in Taco Bell. I don't know why I said Taco Bell. I do love Taco Bell. I'm not thinking about Taco Bell. Now you're thinking about Taco Bell. I'm sorry in Jesus' name. But trained by faith. Now think about it. You know, one of the first, uh, when we first transitioned the church, one of the first miracles, testimonies that I shared was a testimony at our youth camp back in Australia. And so we, we have a, a multi... Uh, Diverse church, uh, so it's not just City Point at our youth camp. There's over a thousand uh, students, and it's incredibly, it's crazy. It's a week long. It's in a revival tent. It's really cool. And uh, one of the one of our pastors, the new pastors of Pine Rivers location, uh, that's about you know an hour north of of, of Brisbane, and uh, Chris Hodgman. He's the pastor now and is a good mate. And uh, he literally was praying for someone. Uh, this was I think 2013. He he put his hand on someone, and their their body was deformed. So their body was so deformed that their belly button was over here. 
and other parts of, the, of, his, of this person, the student's body was, was deformed as well. And, and Chris just went, I mean, you know, this is crazy, but I'm going to put my hand on him and I want to pray. And as he was praying, he felt his belly button move from here to here. Let that rattle. Let that rattle. Let, 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 that, let, it, let that extend his government rule. Let, let, that, let, that just, let that just open you up to, to this supernatural, to the, to the spirit realm that as a church we need to talk about more. We need to, we need to open the door to the angelic ministry. We need, to, we need to allow the Holy Spirit more room to see what he wants to do because it's like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, Pastor Asher and Sierra, uh, a, a, a girl comes to youth for the first time earlier this year. Comes to youth for the first time, and, and she had been in a hardship season of, of mental illness and, and, and suicidal and cutting herself. And they, they, they feel like, the, you know, man, there's a discerning of God wants to heal some people. And so they, they called some, and she came forward. And as her hands were like this, and they're praying for her, her scars disappeared. Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who what? Believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Don't try that. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I love that. Lay hands on the sick and they will. Jesus was so bold that if you step out, he's saying they will recover. They will. So in other words, he's trying to illustrate this renewed mind that I suffered so much to protect this mind. I suffered so much that I wanted you to stay uh, independent, maintain your intellect so that you could align yourself as an instrument of God and realize that your mind is one of the most powerful tools on this universe when it is sanctified and yielded to the spirit of God and to the word of God. Are you with me today? That we're in this place that, that God wants us to think like him. And, and in other words, like if we're trained by faith, faith creates a context. The renewed, sorry, the renewed mind creates a, a space, a context for faith. So it's like the uh, banks of a river and the flowing waters. So in other words, the banks create a context for the flow to happen. So the, the, the renewed mind creates a context for our faith to continually to flow. And it's not a striving. Water doesn't strive in a river. Water is surrendered to the banks. And it just flows. So, we're, so faith is a sense of surrendering, a yielding, a yielding to our mind. That's why you cannot go a day without yielding to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. You just can't. Can I say that? It's non-negotiable in this hour. It's non-negotiable. And that doesn't mean that you have to read all of Romans. That just means that you take a moment, take the day to meditate, that you take uh, uh, intentional steps to be trained by faith, to put yourself, if that means coming to the prayer meetings, if that means the, the Holy Spirit baptism class that we just had this last weekend, all nine individuals that came to the Holy Spirit baptism class got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now they're on a journey. They're, they're on a journey. They're not just going to overcome, but they're going to overcome with overwhelming odds. They're not just going to be victory, but they're going to have astonishing victories. We're moving into a beautiful, beautiful place. 
Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. If I could have keys out, that would be awesome. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Introducing us to understanding. By faith we understand. Every scientist, listen to this. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. That God wants us to know a place so totally surrendered. Romans 12, 2 says, but be transformed. Luke 9, we see this moment of the transfiguration. So Peter, James, and John go up this, on this mountaintop with Jesus. And all of a sudden, it says that Jesus transfigured before them. His face shone with a brilliant light. His body was just, uh, just emanating this, this heavenly light. All I could think about was Thor. You know, just this, this picture of, of, of Thor, just this brilliant lightning taking place. But the word transformed in Luke 9 is the same word transformed in Romans 12 too. So in other words, a renewed mind radiates with the heavenly brilliance. The renewed mind has the astonishing factor. The woho moments, that, that, that oh my, God, a renewed mind can't help but not just talk about it but demonstrate it because when you demonstrate it a renewed mind goes I'm surrendering to this moment it's a simple obedience but man I just want to buy your coffee can I pray for you it's a simple obedience but man I see that you have a cast on your hand can I please pray with you it's a simple obedience but all of a sudden we're, we're giving people a concrete picture of the nature of God we're not just giving them a flyer we're not just giving them a Facebook message and statement we're giving them an example of a manifestation of an ascended perspective of heaven on earth that our God is real he's alive and well and all we do is yield to the spirit of God yield to the word of God and let the mind of Christ become everything and I'm not going to compromise I'm not I'm unwilling to collaborate or submit to anything else inferior I won't I won't I won't I won't take it I'm not going to allow it. Where does time go? Come on, where does time go? The Bible in Romans 12, 2, it continues to say, so that you may prove, everybody say prove, for yourselves that the will of God is that which is a good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for your life. Empowered, you're empowered to prove the will of God. Now we become partners. In this transformation, in this partnership, you now know the will of God. It is heaven on earth in any one of our situations. And now we are commissioned to be empowered to prove the will of God. I loved my, my uh, brother-in-law, Mitch, Becky's youngest brother. Uh, he was in his early 20s, but uh, he was so impassioned by the Holy Spirit and so devote to seeing uh, breakthrough and the miraculous that he was one of the first things he did in like the first two months of, of being saved. And he got saved from addiction of crazy drugs, meth and all that stuff. And he ra radically turned around and man, he, he went into a restaurant and saw a whole group of uh, the Brisbane Broncos rugby, rugby team. And a couple of the guys had, uh, uh, you know, braces on their knees and they were hurt and banged up. And what did he do? He goes over there and starts chatting with them, says, hello, what's, how, you, how you going, mate? And says, man, can I pray for you? He gets on his hands and knees in a restaurant puts his hand on this man's right knee and says in Jesus' name be healed. To prove the will of God can manifest outside of a service in the reality of a restaurant 
And this, this, this rugby player goes, are you, are you crazy? This, are you kidding me? Takes off his brace and his knee is completely healed. So, he, so, so instead of being in the environment where faith was training his mind, he became the environment. You be, stop waiting for God to come, he's there. Stop waiting for a word to, to, to come upon me. He's there. You ask him, he'll speak. He's like the over-communicative, over-talking, like, God, please, just pipe it down a little bit. He wants us to become the environment. So, so what does Mitch do the next week? He goes into a school. He was invited to come and share his testimony uh, at, the, at the school at City Point. And instead of just talking about his testimony, he starts demonstrating his testimony. And he goes, who has back issues? And he... He goes, come here, come in the front. And this, this guy's, this kid's right uh, leg was uh, shorter than his left. Gets him on a chair, says, come around, come around, gather around, gather around. Come see what God's about to do. I'm gonna prove the will of God here. Prays for that right leg to grow. And that right leg grows out. And that kid's back pain gone. You and I are called to prove the will of God. To desire pro the prophetic. The prophetic unveils the secrets of people's hearts. That you can walk into a workplace environment and with an ascended perspective and bring forth the breakthrough of heaven, the environments of the very culture of heaven, the very, the very core of his presence, the being of God, that he is our healer. And you can bring that into this environment. And, and all of a sudden, God starts to give you words about that person two years ago and what their daddy did and how they had to overcome it. And all of a sudden, words of knowledge come and you, you're, just, you're moving in a space where all of a sudden your Christianity comes alive because the spirit is moving in and through you. And you're not just, you're not just taking in and you're not just uh, consuming, you're not just receiving and, and going away going, man, I'm, I feel good even though I'm an obese Christian, but I'm now in a place where I'm pouring out, I'm giving out of the overflow of heaven because I'm hearing God in every one of my environments. What would our city look like if every single one of us take the time to have the ascended perspective and say, God, what are you doing in this moment? How can I be your tool? Transform me so I can see with the lens of the supernatural. I want to prove your will. And last but not least, re repentance realigns the way we think. This is why repentance is not just an altar, people running to the altar and asking God for forgiveness. Re means to go back. Pent means penthouse, top of the building. So repent means to change the way we think and bring God's perspective back on that reality. To repent, God, I'm so sorry that I have been living from an inferior perspective. I wanna to repent today and come back to your idea of what Christianity is, come back to what you desire for my life, what the will of God is for me to do. It's not fuzzy, it's not unknowing, it's not unknowable, it's very precise, it's very strategic. He's called me to destroy the works of the devil. He's called me, God, I just, I wanna, I'll repent all day, every day until I get to that place where I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I change the way I think from the earthly to heaven mentality to now from earth, from heaven to earth, to see that anything is possible.
Because having a renewed mind is not the issue. An unrenewed mind is not the issue of, of, of someone not going to heaven. An unrenewed mind just means that you're seldom used by God. Think about this. It's like I, I grew up with this upright piano and there was one key on this upright piano. So the first song that I learned was Brian Adams, Everything I Do for You. I do it for you. And that was a strategic song to learn for my future bride one day. And it totally won Becky over. It was awesome when I played it for her. But there's this one key. It kind of gets stuck. It's a little bit out of tune. And so when this, this is not in, in, in sync and it's not flowing with the rest of, of, of the keys, what do I do? I avoid that. I, I work around it. It detracts from the music. It doesn't, doesn't work into what God wants to do. So in the same way, if, if we live with this inferior reality, we are saying, God, I, I, God has to work around you. We can seldom be used and we have to come back to the place where I'm so sorry. Lord, I dismiss and I repent of anything inferior. Come on, put your hands towards heaven. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we dismiss and we repent of any inferior approaches to this Christian life. Lord, we repent of any inferior that we've allowed unbelief. Maybe unbelief has become a, a, a slow killing poison with our finances. Maybe unbelief has come, uh, has, has started to raise the volume of its voice in, in the purpose of God for our lives. Maybe in, in, the, in the, 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 Lord, the, the workplace that we've, we've allowed doubt to, to come because we haven't seen the, the promotion. We haven't seen the blessing. We haven't seen the breakthrough of success that we desire in our hearts. But God, right now we dismiss it. We bring it to you. Lord, the Bible says to take these thoughts captive and make them obey. Make them obey. So Father, right now we make them obey. We bring them, we submit them, dismiss them. We repent of it, God. We want to have the ascended perspective. We want to be, have a transformed mind to see supernaturally from heaven's agenda to earth what you desire. We want the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name, we want the mind of Christ. Jesus. Someone in here, I feel like you've had a, a father in the military. A father in the military. And because of, of what your father saw and had to go through, he was, he was rough, he was tough, he was stubborn, and it created a lot of friction, and you didn't really feel like you had the relationship you had that you wanted with your father, and you never saw that, that, the complete restoration. You never, never felt that feeling of complete forgiveness. And God is saying right now, just release it, let it go, forgive him. Let it go, release it, forgive him. Don't hold on to it anymore. God, God has so much in store for you. But he's saying, come on, let him go. It's not your responsibility. He was never your responsibility. He was God's responsibility. I want to set you free, my son, my daughter. I want to set you free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I don't know why. I just feel like to pray for glasses. If you're wearing glasses, put your hand in the air. If you're wearing glasses, 
just put your hand right here on your temple, just close to your eyes. Right now, in the name of Jesus, by your blood and by your stripes, we pray for a complete healing in eyes. Lord, for a creative miracle to take place in, uh, in everybody's envision, in their seeing. Right now, we don't accept the inferior reality. No, despite the age, we believe and we declare 2020 vision in Jesus' mighty name. I'm just being obedient in Jesus' mighty name. God, we're believing, God, in the name of Jesus, that people are going to step into a place of breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, say amen. See, from a carnal perspective, man, that, crazy, that dude's crazy. From a carnal perspective, why did they just pray for people with glasses? You shouldn't have been watching TV so close. But from the ascended perspective, the mind of Christ, that's not what exists in heaven. What exists in heaven needs to be now. Mr. Zachbish. Put you on the spotlight, put your hands towards him. Rick, bro, I thank you, Jesus. I just see, and there's been a, a toiling with the shovel and God has allowed the toiling. He's allowed the exertion of energy physically in the natural. He's allowed this, what, what seems to be a very, uh, you know, you've just poured out and poured out and poured out. But God is saying he has done something in the spiritual realm that you didn't even know what was taking place. He did something behind closed doors that you didn't even realize with the, the magnitude that was about to be a catalyst in your life. And I see now not just having a shovel in the natural, but a shovel in the spiritual. And you're about to dig some deep, deep wells some deep, deep wells that are gonna overcome and overflow in your heart. They're gonna overtake your personality. This, 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 this zeal, this desire that you've been wanting, this touch of the Holy Spirit. So right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, touch this man's life. That God, what he has been sowing in the natural, he will reap in the spiritual. God, what he has been sowing, Lord, Lord, in the natural, Lord will overflow in, like a bubbling brook in his heart and his life. Holy Spirit, touch him right now in Jesus' mighty name. next level is upon you. It's here, it's now, in Jesus' mighty name. Bro, when you pray for the sick, they will be healed. When you prophesy, it is going to hit like a bullseye in their hearts. When you step out and God's saying, it's time, my son, it's time to step out. You've dug the well. It's time to step out in the depth that I've put inside your heart in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Let's, let's continue to raise money for our building so we can go back to one or two services, amen? As we conclude, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I wanna give you an opportunity right now to turn from that life, repent and turn to this life and, and look upon what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for our sin, he died for our shame. He did what we could not do. My friend, and he's knocking on the door of your heart. I don't know if years ago you gave your heart to Jesus, but now you're just coming back to him. I don't know if, if uh, man, this is the first time that you've heard the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus died on the cross and three days later he rose again. He is, he is alive and he's knocking on the door of your heart and he wants you to be saved. Salvation is putting our trust in Jesus. 
saying, God, I'm so sorry, but I wanna, I wanna give my life, my heart completely to you. I wanna put my trust in you. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. If ever I look in this way, I want you to make a bold decision. On the count of three, I want you to wave at me, say, yes, Pastor Aaron, that's me. Will you please pray with me online? Make a comment on the count of three. One, two, three, if that's you, just give me a wave right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I wanna make sure everybody in this room has had the opportunity. Awesome, awesome. You know, as we continue to step into, the, into uh, heaven on earth, this, is, this ascended perspective, you watch, you watch God use you as an instrument to see people come to Jesus. We are, the, 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 there's, it's already been declared over this house that we are a saving station. That we are a saving station. So I pray that as you go out this week, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that God can show you and let, let you see through the lens of supernatural from this, the mind of Christ, from this ascended perspective in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Awesome, awesome.